This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 336, The Super Clan of Sarguide. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. I don't have internet right now. Hunter has you want to no hear about that? Right now. Do you want to yeah. hear about how I have Tell no about internet? Your no internet in the house you come to. People maybe don't know about like the the setup that you arrive in Arkansas in every time you come here, and it's very funny. But yeah, there's, there's always just a like, question of internet. Yeah, there's just like this weird empty house that I stay at, and I'm not like <laughs> no squatting. Yeah, I don't really want to get deeper into it, but for reasons. There is an empty house that I can stay at, and I do stay at it, and I was told that there would be internet uh-huh, there. Uh-huh. Now, is there a reason for there to I thought you said it was an empty house. It is. It is an empty house, but there was going to be internet there. <laughs> Because my mom, you know how moms are. My mom was just kind of like, I'm going to get, I'm going to put internet in there. And I'm like, oh, why? why? The, nobody, it's empty. She's like, ah, I just think there should be internet there. I just want to spend money. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, okay. And then, you know, because I'm coming through, stopping by Arkansas mm-hmm. on my way to figure out my Minneapolis situation. Right. I realized, oh, internet in an empty house, very useful. But then I showed up. Yep. Guess what? Mommy lied. Mommy lied. <laughs> Mommy, no, tell me the truth. Now I got no internet, and guess what? That's my job. Yeah, is to have is internet. To be, my job to is online. just to be online, basically. So instead, you come over to my house most days. You didn't. You haven't done as much this time, but Mm-mm. last time it was it was nice out, and you just came and hung out on my porch. Yeah, every day on yep. your iPad, and just mm-hmm. had a little go of and it. And that's it where I did my pleasant. work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to get it figured out. Uh, I am behind on because of this. Yeah. There are all kinds of plates that have been left spinning right. in the air. And you'll hear more about it whenever we get to the Homebrewers Guild section sure. of the rundown. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry to disappoint. Uh, but <laughs> we warned you basically. We did I warn think we you. Told you we told you chaos was about to reign. <laughs> we are okay. Both, I mean, this week I go to Minneapolis. I will be in Minneapolis mm-hmm. this weekend looking for places to live. And then Hunter does that next week. So, right. like, we're in the middle of the worst possible timing for things so sorry for the chaos we yes. didn't predict any of this yes more chaos will ensue yeah this is not the end of the chaos nope. uh maybe it, it gets better march 1st maybe maybe, maybe. and that's mostly for me and for like matt, maybe mid-march for me matt i don't he's being he's being crazy he's been saying crazy <laughs> stuff he's been talking like he knows what's going down and let me tell you he ain't getting to Minneapolis until next year. I promise. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Well, I, know, January I know when 1st. I don't live in this house anymore. So hopefully something in you're going to be on the run. Is you're okay. going to be all or you're going to be bouncing around. You know, that empty house we're talking about. You better get used to it. You better get excited about that spot. It's yeah. got cobwebs 
everywhere. I heard it there's doesn't just, have internet, so it I don't has know. no internet, <laughs> and there's just kind of spiders hanging out. It's like a nice house too, so it's like this sure. newer house, yeah. but there's just kind of spiders mm-hmm. that have set up yeah. because if you don't use your house, spiders will Show use up. it. That's yeah. a funny thing about spiders that I like about they're them. They're mostly just afraid of you until you're gone. Yeah, and they're actually chill as heck. Yeah. You should let spiders hang out because they kill the bad guys. All right. Next homebrew faction is a spider faction. Dude, why are there not more insectoids? Yeah. We've got our space bugs in right. the Sardak Nor. But it's too ge- but generic. No, it's too generic. Yeah. And there's no arachnids. Right. Okay. And there's no centipede-like freaker I outers. want space unicorn beetles. You yes. Know? I don't know that? what a unicorn beetle is, but you can okay. picture it. I mean, sure. No, I got it. it. Yeah. Pointy horn. Pointy there horn, you go. Little beetle. Uh, but the thing is, Sardak Nord does have room for beetles. Yeah. There is like definitely a beetle aspect to it. We've got guys with carapaces. Yeah. I'm thinking more, we need to get into the just like silverfish type uh-huh. stuff. That stuff you find in your house and you're like, I don't even know what this is. Yeah. It's just covered with little feelers. Right. And you're not sure, does this do anything? How does it eat? Yep. Can it think? Yep. You know, because yeah. they seem like they're like jellyfish of the dirt. Yeah. You know, it's kind of the vibe. Faction. Sluggish. Yeah. Okay. I'm talking very invertebrate. Nothing solid. <laughs> especially yeah. invertebrate. Especially invertebrate. Okay. <laughs> That's what I want. Sure. Little squishy guys. Yeah. Uh, hey, I have some prelims winners for you. Oh, yeah. Give me that. Why not? Mm. Let's do it. Let's have some. We had some. three more games this last weekend of the prelims. Thank you for everybody taking part. Congratulations go out to... Gotta do this one again. Horny Lord Vader. Horny Lord Vader. You did it. You You've ensured I have to read your name at least one more time uh, when the semis come around. And then and then if you win your if semifinals, you win finals, we will have to, have to broadcast you, you to... <laughs> As the most people we ever get watching a stream of ours, we will have to broadcast your horny little name. So I hope you're proud of yourself. I mean, everything's okay, but it's just getting a little weird. Yeah. Uh, also, Magi back. Magi's in it. back. We, I, we, I've been trying to apparently not talk about Magi as much lately. Yeah. Because it made no. We don't have our foam fingers anymore. But I'm sorry, Magi, you won again. Like, yeah. this is your fault. You're back. I don't know what to tell you. You're back. He's a threat. Kill him. <laughs> Kill him. Do not do deals with Magi. He is, oh, he's going to get you. He's going to My get favorite you. Magi wins will always be the one where in the draft, Magi's like, uh, he like picks Yin and mm-hmm. he's like, ooh, I'm like excited about Yin. And then, and then like everyone's like, oh yeah, whatever. And then he's like, oh, do people not like this? <laughs> yin no good. Is, is Yin bad? <laughs> and then he won. And that's still, that's always going to be my favorite Magi. Pretty great. Magi peaked with that. I don't even know what he's still doing mm-hmm. around. You should mm-hmm. retire, bud. It's like, <laughs> you, you're getting old now, you know? Uh, also, congrats to Finn. Uh, Fingolfin, you did it. You made yes. it through. Those are our three prelims winners. Uh, I also Can had- we just say, though, that Fingolfin won and that there was a rules mess up? And I want to weigh in on this sure, okay. because y'all, y'all are a bunch of chatty Cathy's about yeah. this stuff. <laughs> you always like to get in your little sewing circle and talk smack <laughs> on Sunday morning. Let me just say. If you, if everyone at the table breaks a rule yep. by just letting it happen and nobody speaks up, you won. Right. That's just the end of it. Right. If no, there's six of you right. at the table looking at stuff. There's And, and there's a streamer yep. too. Yep. If nobody catches it and the game is over and you won and something illegal happened, that's it. People yeah. were like, oh, what is, what is Matt and Hunter going to do? We're not doing nothing. The game's over. Uh, the game I'm is done. over. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to reopen the game, okay? If something goes, and that's why we say, like, 
There is no ref. There's no moderator. Watch your stuff. The table moderates. Yeah, you okay? got to watch your stuff. You got to watch your stuff. You got to mm -hmm. figure it out right then and there. That is your time. Yep. You know? Yep. Got to yep, do yep, it, y'all. Yep. I'm sorry. There's just not enough. And, and also, I saw a good take that is like, yeah, guess what? Refs make bad calls too. Like this is essentially uh -huh. a bad call by the ref and you all were the ref. Yes. That's the problem. Is yes. You five. We had six refs. Yeah, you had six refs and y'all made a bad call. Sorry. I don't know how else to cut it to you. Yeah. I've, 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 you've seen it all the time in sports. Just right. where it's like the, the we, if we pull the tape back, you can clearly see steps mm -hmm. out of bounds. Oh, well. Well, we didn't catch it. We didn't catch so it. So that's it. The, the arbitration on. happened. <laughs> And it slipped. Yep. It slipped through the courts. Okay. And then it just became a law, yep. you know? Exactly. Uh, also, qualifiers. Congratulations to the following qualifiers. BLT, Sam Squanch. That's such a good name. Sam Squanch. Sam Squanch. Can you send notes to Horny Lord Vader <laughs> and just help them out a <laughs> no, little bit? No, Horny Lord Vader is crushing it. Okay. If Horny Lord Vader's like We're talking about goal, their name. Yes, so obviously yes. it's. If working. the goal was to make us say Horny Lord Vader, which is a great goal, they uh -huh. are killing it yeah. thus far. <laughs> also to Grinza in the name of tragedy and AC Transit. And also, I am not positive we said the right name or not last week. Somebody filled the form out wrong last week. Yeah. So uh, congratulations uh, from last week to Ann Valier if we didn't say your name. I literally didn't check Did we maybe back. say it last week? Who cares? I, I possible know, double congrats no, to Ann Valier. Good job, You bud. deserve it. Love you. Love great. your hair. Hope You're you win great. again. Uh, okay, guess what, Hunter? We got a big little thing in front of us. And by big little thing, I mean... A super easy guide to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Easy guide. But I'm reading in the outline right here. We got a special thanks. We do, yeah. What is the special thanks, the special Matt? thanks for this guide. I have to give a massive shout out to Imson and Deft Piper. Uh, to those that play with either of these two players, uh, it is the stuff of legend that they are very good at SAR. And I got to play a couple of async games with each of them. And they provided me with ample notes after the fact. And I can stand by the fact that Imson at least is definitely still very good at star. And so is Deft. But Imson won uh, his or did Imson? No, Imson didn't win his game. Actually, you know what? Neither of you get anything. You both lost. Ha ha ha. This oh, is nothing. if you lose one Trash game of TI, it means Trash you're bad. Guide. All of us actually. So I won two games and I only played one game with Imson as uh, Sar and Deft as Sar once. And they both lost. So uh, my opinion I guess is better you're than the Sar expert then. <laughs> That's how it works, Matt. Mm -hmm. Wow. You won two games in preparation for this episode. I won two Sar games in preparation for this episode. Wow. It's, it's SAR, so I'm not, you know. Uh-huh. It but, is what it is. But I'm, okay. <laughs> Just every time. It's always got to be like this with One you. of them, no, one of them was definitely a, hey, I did it. I got that win. I can't even right now remember the other one, but I think it was a little bit funkier. Okay. It definitely was funkier because we were rushed for time and we started doing really crazy things because we were rushed But for you time. are giving yourself credit for I'm the, giving myself the win. One win. You won a game won on a purpose. Game. Yep in preparation for an episode. Yep. Can we get a round of applause <laughs> in the chat right now? And we are not walking it back. You're not blaming it on, you like to blame it on your neighbors, uh -huh. your your wins. Yeah. You'll like launder them. You'll yeah, be like, yeah. well, I wasn't supposed to win, but then my neighbor did this and yeah. then I won and right. it's the worst. You'll be like mad <laughs> so about mad it. I'm mad that I won because they just, they just gave it to me. It was yeah. a pittance. It was mm -hmm. charity work. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great because I don't like this faction and I don't like to play as this yeah. faction. Yeah. And I just don't, I don't, I've never dug it. Yeah. I've only played SAR a handful of times. I've never won a SAR, which means I do have to, my goal is to eventually have Win won a game with every single yeah. faction. I'm pretty close. Yeah. I'm pretty close. But SAR is one of the ones left. Um, but I'm glad I did not have to focus on them uh, right now because they're not you, my bag. What do you dislike about SAR? 
I think that factions that generate a lot of heat mm. naturally yeah. are not good for my style yeah. of diplomacy. Right. My style of diplomacy is to keep things nice, but limit communication. Right. I do not like to spend a lot of time talking to yeah. my neighbors because I reserve the right to... Instead of trying to develop the storyline of the game, I reserve the right to decide what direction we're going yeah. at the beginning of round four or round five. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I am not trying to create a lot of heat in rounds one, two, and three. And SAR just does yeah. naturally. Yeah. A quiet SAR player is one that everyone views as the biggest threat at the table, of regardless course. of the information in front of them. If SAR is sitting there quiet, it's like, uh, we should probably be worried about SAR. Yeah. <laughs> I, pre I prefer to have a little more room to be sneaky and a little more room to negotiate. Yeah. I would say I always struggle to negotiate anything when I'm playing a SAR. Players don't let me get away with nothing. Yeah, right, right. Well, let's, uh, let's break down their components and then we'll talk uh, more strategically after we do a bit of overview. What say ya? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, we start, of course, uh, as we always do in these guides with the starting units and technology. Uh, and SARS is a fun one to talk about. So we say two C4I, two carriers, four infantry, right? Mm -hmm. That's fine. Uh, a cruiser, two fighters. But we have to make mention of they have a floating factory. They have a space dock. And we'll talk about why that's important later. But for now, they have three carriers. Okay? That's what they yeah. start with. SARS starts with three carriers. Three C4I, three C4I. which C4I. is actually what we originally said was the best. <laughs> but that when we toned it down when the game came uh -huh. out, originally when me, me and you were planning the show, we that's were like, right. what we should do is say that three C4I is what you want to shoot well, for. Well, three C6I, but three I mean, there's C only so much room in the economy. Kind of 18I. <laughs> it's like, that would be a good start. Three carriers, 18 infantry. Mm -hmm. That way, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. six of those can be sent off and you've still got 13 at home. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Easy, easy peasy. And they start with anti-mass deflectors, uh, which is like fine, whatever. You can go through asteroid fields round one. It's not going to come up until later. Later, it'll be important that you just started with this. Honestly, this is the one that's funnier in a post POK world because it's anti-mass is the one that is actually annoying to research mm -hmm. but it is great to start with oh it's great it's to have very handy to just mm -hmm. have and not think about yeah anti-mass is good y'all yeah i mean you yeah. got sometimes you just gotta have it yeah you just gotta have it uh their home system is the worst home system in the game but guess what that's not gonna matter yeah, who it cares? is a two one planet and a one zero planet that's a uh, lysis 2 and and rog rog 2 and i don't remember i don't care uh I, I i they are the first planets in the game i always forget about uh yeah. because they just don't matter but it is three bucks which is one shy of getting tech round one is that gonna be a problem no no it's not it's not it's gonna, not be, a gonna be a problem gonna nothing's be gonna be a fine. problem yep it's gonna be um, fine for you we call the home system the potatoes, the potatoes. and i require yeah. that if there's any piece of ti culture yeah. that must be enforced it's that those are called the potatoes because the they look yeah. like them they look like idaho potatoes we didn't do any lore dump do we want to nope. lore dump a little do we you know is there some space here to to make sure these these bears get you know properly represented well they are bears yes they are sad boy weird bears that's right um is the classic our line uh, yeah that's the line 
Um, they uh, kind of roam around like Winnie the Pooh style, mm-hmm. looking for honey. With their pants off and their shirts. They on. got no pants, <laughs> shirts only, and they kind of they whine a lot. I mean, the Sar are all they're big whiners, uh-huh. and they're mm-hmm. always looking for that good, good honey, and they find it a lot of the time. They do find it. Um, uh, apparently, they're also a dog faction, uh, according sure. to Dane. Um, I hard disagree. Yeah. Um, they are not the good, good boys we do deserve mm-hmm. because I'm looking for, and I've always been looking for, a dog wearing um, a hat, yes. preferably a beret. Yeah, um, and preferably a beagle. Yes, a beagle <laughs> wearing a beret, okay? <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. Uh, the most famous star, of course, of all time is Rex. Played by Sun Sanders yes. in uh, our three episode Twilight Imperium RPG arc that you should go listen to. And uh, th- it's the best character in the whole thing. It's the best performance in the whole thing. Yep. Sun Sanders is a gem and we're all lucky to have him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I say. God, if only we did more of that, yeah. you know, maybe we should. <laughs> maybe we should do be more able to expand those who, characters. Who a has bit. the time? We could. We could have the time. Who knows? Uh, hey, guess what? They have three commodities. So there's that. Actually, well, I'll talk about this later, uh, but it's uh, I think it's great and crazy that they have three commodities yeah it's more than they deserve (laughs) well i mean it makes sense they're roaming around Mm -hmm. the galaxy kind of like picking up stuff you know they kind of seem like they've got all that honey well we have an ability to account for that uh Mm -hmm. one of our abilities is scavenge after you gain control of a planet gain one trade good so we're not we're not hurting for money no certainly didn't need uh three commodities uh because we get a trade good every single time we gain control of a planet i'll talk about that timing after we get through the mech and we'll kind of talk about everything at once but just know after you get the planet you can gain one trade good which means round one you get like a lot of extra money and this is also why tech is not a problem uh you will expand you'll get a trade good boom you have four dollars you're ready you're ready to do tech uh everything's gonna be fine your second ability is nomadic you can score objectives even if you do not control the planets in your home system. This is why we don't care. Doesn't matter. Home system is a two one and a one zero, but we don't need it. Uh, I would let you know that you know you should care about your slice. You're not going to just go anywhere. Um, but it's just important to know that in the final round, it's very hard to win slay you because right. one of the tools at everybody's disposal is just off the table. They they right. can't take out your home and uh, stop you. you. They have to find other means of blocking your points. They have to eliminate you. They have to eliminate which you. Which is doable. Which is for some reason doable. And if anything, one of my things in this guide is to like try to convince people to stop being in positions where it shouldn't be doable. It is so easy as sure. far to not be in an eliminable position. And it's like embarrassing that we all do it so often. Mm-hmm. And I, myself included, I do it all the time. And it's because we're greedy little weirdos that are not just doing the normal thing we could do. Well, it's because you're all gassed up and ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> and you just kind of go for it and you have a real fun time and it's very exciting yep. and you're getting all that honey. Uh-huh. And then eventually people get really sick and tired of it yep. and they will cross table yeah cooperate right you basically create a situation where peace is reached temporarily throughout the entire galaxy i've seen it yeah see i've seen so it happen recently it's happened uh we also have one more ability because our space docks are special we've been mentioned of our floating factory space docks this unit is placed in a space area instead of on a planet Ooh, this bummer. unit can move and retreat as if it were a ship If this unit is blockaded, it is destroyed, it moves one, it has a capacity of four, 
equivalent to a carrier, mm-hmm. hence the 3C4I, and its production value is a straight 5 as opposed to the normal. It's not attached to a planet, so there's no right. modifier. Also, it's just because there wasn't room in the text box because they had to include the other text. This is the reason dimensional tears are also just like a set production value is we ran out of space, almost as if it would be nicer if all space docks were just a production value. Mm, maybe it would be. Maybe it'd be great if we did that. Uh, I did want to note here, though, some things about these floating factories because they are super, super weird units that uh, have a lot of tricky shenanigans to them. The first is construction. On the construction card, it requires you build structures on planets. Yeah. Um, And then the wording of floating factory is this is placed in the space area instead of on a planet. Right. Which necessitates with construction, you do have to have a planet underneath you. Have you have to control a planet. You've got to control yeah. that planet to place that space dock. You can't spawn a space dock in an asteroid field unless Mirage is there or whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can't, if it's a planetless system, you cannot conjure up the space dock. So you've got to control something to get that stuff there. That's part of a critical element of SAR being eliminatable uh, because planets technically factor into elimination and you could envision a world where SAR like actually could sidestep that, but it is not the case. You, you do actually also need planets because you've got to have them for construction. Also, warfare is not a tricky one, but sometimes people do get their brain tripped up on it, mostly because you could make your space dock leave your home system right away. Right. And so it's a reminder that uh, the warfare secondary is to build out of one single space dock. It's also very easy to have two space docks in your home system and they're both just hanging out in space. You can still only use one of them off of warfare, Mm -hmm. but it's not like the wording of warfare necessitates it be a space dock on a planet. It's a space dock in a system. So you can do the secondary of warfare on the single space dock if you leave it in your home system, which you probably won't. So Mm -hmm. this might be this might be a round one warfare build and then never again. Fact, secondary of warfare is the most messed up rule Mm -hmm. in the game. It's probably happened countless times and has not been caught. It's always one space dock, (laughs) y'all. I'm looking at you, Hakan, Jolnar, (laughs) Asarl. The people who starve for it the most are the ones who break that rule constantly, Mm -hmm. for sure. I've seen y'all do it. I've done it. You're all cheaters. We're all cheaters. for me. (laughs) The last one is there's a little bit of complication for that. What does it mean to move as if it were a ship or retreat as if it were a ship? Uh, and this is where it's worth mentioning there are dumb shenanigans SAR can do where the space dock can move like a ship can go somewhere. Right. And then movement ends. And then the next step is PDS fire. Well, the factory was only a ship during the movement step. It is no longer a ship during the PDS step. I'm rolling my <laughs> eyes. <laughs> So the PDS cannot fire at the space dock, meaning you can have a space dock full of uh, infantry and nothing else, no fighters. Right. And then you can send them to a planet with PDS, invade the planet, take the planet, and then the space dock is there to build ships immediately after the fact. Yeah, stealth bomber, stealth we call that. Bombers. Um, it is what it is such an interesting uh outcome of the rules because it is such a particular ability. You'd think a whole faction could be built around this idea. Right. <laughs> but instead, it's just some sort of grammar mishap. <laughs> With SAR. So right. it's an extra faction ability that could be the foundation of a whole other right. thing that's just kind of hanging In out. In fifth there. edition, we will take this away from SAR. Oh, of course. Oh, and yes. we will invent a new faction. In fifth that just edition, does this, this is dead yeah. for sure. 
Uh, their flagship is a very basic flagship. It's the Son of Rog. It has no printed abilities. It just has anti-fighter barrage on a six times four. Yummy. So a lot of anti-fighter barrage. And it also right. hits two on a five. So it's one of the good flagships. It's one of the good ones. It's a great one. And in fact, it's even better because Sar... Uh, has many ways to make this thing just kind of come out of nowhere and be a factor. Yeah, it's uh, pretty good. It's a it's a very, very useful flagship. Um, finally, in terms of units, their mech is Scavenger Zetto. Uh, the deployability is after you gain control of a planet, you may spend one trade good to place one mech on that planet. Oh, but Matt, could, can that be the the honey that I got from the, the under honey. the tree? So yes, this is after you gain control of a planet. Your scavenge ability is also after you gain control <gasps> of a planet. You can gain the trade good and then spend that trade good to place a mech. So actually, you sort of technically get mechs for free on the builds. Or well, on, the, on, on the initial movement out. Free at opportunity plans. cost of one trade good. Exactly. You have that. That's money how you want to spend it. And, and you might be wanting to use that money for other things. I you, probably do. You, probably you probably do. You probably round do. Round one. Uh, also important to note here and especially relevant for round one SAR play. Exploration is a step within taking planets, but it is when a player takes control of a planet. Oh. So on those first round explores, you have to explore first then you can gain the trade good or the mech, which means you can't spawn the mech on a hazardous planet and immediately get a good benefit from the hazardous planet. You can't spawn the trade good and immediately pay the trade good for the good industrial action card or whatever. Yeah. Your round one explorers are just as basic as everybody else's. We got you, dude. You don't <laughs> get that also. <laughs> but you are good at round two explore because you can get all your mechs out and you can have a bunch of trade goods and then just start going uh, ham. So uh, actually like scan link and, and round two explorers are not bad. Oh uh, yeah, dude. If there's anything link. left. However, you're sorry. You probably explore 4,000 planets round one and then there's nothing left for you. Next up is the promise note it is rog's call this has always been a funny little bird uh it's after you commit one of your units to land on a planet remove all of the sar players ground forces from that planet and place them on a planet controlled by the sar player so you give this to somebody as sar as they're attacking you and mm -hmm. you say hey listen we could avoid this combat we could both preserve our full strength of infantry uh, and you can just send them somewhere else. And usually Sar is like, I'd prefer it if you sent them to like a biz or something. But right. you need to remember as the promissory note holder, you can do whatever you want and you can send these wherever you want. Uh, so put them wherever is irrelevant or relevant to the Sar if they're paying you or something. But it's a kind of a get out of jail free card for Sar to like go use those infantry somewhere else on something else. Uh, it's a very weird promissory note because it's most of the time actually a favor for sar mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. save their ground forces yep. it's very rare that sar has like a lot of ground forces on any planet yeah. besides mechatol rex right so it's it's a weird one yeah i would say it kind of could use a bit of a revamp except yeah. for that the sar kit is so solid right. that we don't need to focus on yeah. revamping anything i mean i would say too if you're playing sar at the like highest level this be this does become more relevant because sar is absolutely a faction that can get their infantry game under control mm -hmm. just so many of us choose not to basically right uh, but you absolutely could have a way better uh infantry position than we normally do and then rog's call can be 
much more relevant more often of the time. But right. Still, still, though, as an ability yeah. for you. Yeah, like, it, it's, exactly. it isn't a, it's not really that useful to the other yeah. player. Sar's not making money off of Rog's Call. They're making money off of Scavenge and their three commodities, and right. that's plenty. <laughs> and there are many planets that they take. Uh, let's get into their leaders. Their agent is Captain Mendoza, the captain of the Fifth Fleet. After a player activates a system, you may exhaust this card to increase the move value of one of that player's ships to match the move value of the ship on the game board that has the highest move value i love that it arbitrates that it must be the highest there's no reason you wouldn't but it's just right. funny that it, it is absolutely it must be the highest move value you, you cannot set the move value to two if there's a cruiser two on the board i don't know right. why that matters but it, it, it doesn't funny matter because um, if your move value is three you can still move one sure bud. it's important to note what move value is here the move value is what is inside the box that says move on the unit uh-huh uh, the move value is not the total movement that thing could possibly move right, right. the modifiers all take place after the fact so the big key use of this is round one you can take one of your carriers or your floating factory that has a move value of one and you can right off the jump give it a move value of two because there's absolutely somewhere on the table a destroyer or a cruiser yeah you know who's got one you, <laughs> you have, yeah that's right you have your cruiser so you can always set it to that <laughs> so you can set your carrier to two and then other modifiers apply after right. that. that means uh Round one, Sar can always get two movement away, even without gravity drive on like their first action if they want to. Right. They they can get around the board. Um, worth noting too, something like if you're in a nebula, that would cancel it out because it sets your move value to zero and it's right. not going to be overwritten by this. Right. Um, but those modifiers still take place. So gravity it set drive. It to zero, sets it to one. Sets it to one, excuse me. Yeah. Sets it to one. Uh, the modifiers that'd be super weird. Yeah, <laughs> if, if, move, if you're in you a nebula, to get out. <laughs> only gravity drive will get you out. Only flank speed that's will really, get you out. That's a great uh, idea for a bad way I to play like TI. That. I kind of like it. I like the idea of like sending that's a ship. That's what a gravity rift should be. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Instead of a stuck. kill your ship, you have to like if you, if you can get the Dude. bonuses, then you have additional bonuses to get out or whatever. Yeah, I like that. Dumb. I like that. Anyways, uh, this one leads to lots of confusing relationships with things like gravity drive because you don't need it but it makes we'll talk about it more later but my i have complicated feelings on gravity drive but it is worth noting that you set that if if we research gravity drive mm -hmm. round one i can set my carrier to two apply gravity drive and move it three so i can right. go from my home system to mechatol rex if i want to yummy, or yummy. to somebody's home system if right. i want to right or whatever yeah. um so lots of flexibility for the clan SR round one and onwards um but especially round one this is this is an ability that kind of defines their round one you can sell it too um but Gosh, there's always a use for it for you. Yeah, uh, it, there's just always a way that you probably end up deciding to use it, I would say. And to, unless you like go nuts on upgrades and then all of a sudden, like all your stuff is moving good and no one got cruiser too, I guess. The most common sale I've seen of it is when a SAR is not going to get custodians round one. Yeah. And they're not going to get it round two right. either. And so they end up cutting into that business yeah, yeah. to be like, well, if if I'm not getting custodians, I want to get paid. Right. You know, right. Basically. I can make so I can make Nas Roca accomplish mm -hmm. it way easier than mm -hmm. somebody else was going to or whatever. Uh, our commander is Growl Sarig, the relay engineer. Uh, our unlock is to have three space docks on the game board. And this becomes a somewhat important thing, although I would note this is not uh, like a clutch you know the most important commander in the world although it is good the ability is when you produce fighters or infantry 
you may place each of those units at any of your space stocks that are not blockaded, but SAR are space stocks when they're blockaded, they die. Well, of uh -huh. course, we have an alliance. This is we'll we'll come into here. But let's let's make two special notes. You still adhere to production capacity. You're sending them to other places, right. but your total build is still whatever your production capacity was. They were built in the was. system. It's like, I, the way I think of it is like you're building them in the system you activated, and then they get sent yep. to that other yep. space dock. And I love phrasing it the way you just did too, because that's what makes the alliance make more sense. Another rule that's probably often forgotten is this, it can't be built at space docks that are not blockaded. If, if it's blockaded, you can't use this ability. So you could have SARS Alliance and the most ample time you would want to use it is so-and-so is sitting above my stuff. Let right. me dump a bunch of fighters there. Right. No, you can't. And think of it the way Hunter just said. You build them somewhere else and you send them. If there's a fleet blockading that space right. dock, they How can't do they get, get in. There? They, they How get do they stopped. get in? Um, obviously, that doesn't apply to like movement values, but it's just a helpful little reminder. But it is a funny little uh like addition to to this thing is that that it's you, you got to remember that it can't be blockaded and and that's up to that person with the alliance to to mm -hmm. remember and maybe you as sar can help remind them but it's hard for sar to remind them because you never think about that because right. your space docks are never blockaded so very very awkward finally your hero is gerno agero the captain of the first fleet the armageddon relay the lay of lysis there's so many names on heroes and i can't decide if it's too many or just enough i like the way you do it where you just kind of say it all in a big yeah, pile yeah. with different dramatic like kind <laughs> of voices going. applying it gets to louder it. and louder yeah i wish you one. would just throw in some fake ones yeah. sometime <laughs> and just keep building until you're just like screaming it basically <laughs> as an action choose one system that is adjacent to one of your space docks to destroy all other players infantry and fighters in that system yeah i love that this actually does technically target more than one player even though you don't see that come up terribly often it could though but it definitely let's could. get tryhards on that one <laughs> uh, but also important to note this is in a system adjacent to a space dock things in a system are not adjacent to the system they are in right so you can't be parked Ugh. above someone's planet and kill all the infantry i'm below rolling you. my eyes <laughs> Little rules lawyer for you. Uh, so yeah, you have to be adjacent to kill the stuff. But this is a great. I mean, th this is an incredibly good, excellent ability. Comes up in the late game it, it, very much. I it's mean, weird usually, that Sar has a wind slay. I know ability. it's so it's so jank, and especially because it like perfectly fits into their toolkit. Because usually the only thing stopping Sar mm -hmm. is a lot of HP. Right. They they can they can like kind of outgun everybody. But it's if if Soul or somebody has a bunch of HP or Nalu. Right. These are factions right. that could prove difficult for Sar. And we just have a counter to them. We get to just right. do a horrible thing to them in one system that matters. Uh, our tech, of course, we have floating factory ones, so we have to be able to upgrade those with two yellow techs. We can upgrade our floating factories. The text doesn't change at all, but we get move value of two. Our production and capacity increases by one to five for some reason. It couldn't yeah. have been more than that. I don't know. Yeah. And our production goes from five to seven. Uh, floating factory two is cool. It's not something you get all the time, mm -hmm. uh, mostly because it's hard to justify uh, the yellow tech. Right. Getting, getting to yellow tech is not always the easiest thing in the world, but it is good. If Necro's out of the game, like making those floating factories be able to move twice is good. Uh, the, the seven capacity or the seven production supply actually uh, is works really well. Floating factories, you've got better 
with our commander getting introduced in POK. Sure. I can build seven stuff, and as long as I have the money, and that's the hard part, having the money to build, I can just build a couple extra fighters and send them over at that other space dock, or build some infantry and send them over to that other space dock. I feel like the next tech that you're about to read kind of addresses why this is sort of unnecessary, though. Uh, Chaos mapping, which requires one blue, we start with a blue, which means we can just get this and get no around time. one. You can just get around one. Other players cannot activate asteroid fields that contain one or more of your ships. Hey, thank goodness we start with anti-mass. That's so crazy, it's the so wording ridiculous. of that. It's almost like, oh, I didn't even know that, like what... I thought activation was like a like not actually a thematic. You thing. can't that even was a, look at me, bro. <laughs> like it almost feels like did we just break the fourth wall yeah. a little bit? What do you mean they can't? Act, what even is that? What's yeah. happening in the world of Twilight Imperium where it's like, listen, we just can't even yeah. activate. Well, and given the home system thing too, it really does feel like jank. Like it feels yeah. like it should be that movement is blocked. But yes. I can fire my PDS. Right. I can like do these other little. But no, things. you can't even activate, you can't bro. Do Don't even look nothing. at me. Don't even look at me at the start of your turn during the action phase you may produce one unit in a system that contains at least one of your units that has production so crazy it's super nuts so you get to every single turn you already had an advantage of build on the go right the arborect thing of like i'm not gonna have to waste a token on like a build at home i'm just building on the go mm -hmm. no you don't even need to do that you build one at the start of every single turn you just get one unit out the door and it's unlocked it's sling relay that isn't a stall yeah. right uh, yep. every single turn and that's good and bad right sling ray mm -hmm. we love a stall we don't have that we actually burn through our actions too quickly but it is nuts that we get to build a unit every single time yeah you know i've it you know since we started this show i've learned so much about the design of just this board game not board game design <laughs> in mm -hmm, general mm -hmm. and what i know now and i haven't talked to anybody about it but it's pretty obvious what happened here there was no space on the text of Space Dock Floating Factory 2 for this ability. <laughs> and so they just booted it down to the other card where they had room. That's what happened. I mean, come on. It became an extra tech. It was supposed to be Floating Factory 2 was going to have this thing where you can like produce at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But how are you going to fit all that text yeah. in there? You have so much text already on the card. Yeah. It is. I am 100% on this. Dane, do not hit me up and let me know I am wrong. Yep. Because I guess you just didn't even know about this part of it. <laughs> you didn't know you, you just were considering weren't even, this. You weren't even filled in on this. This was happening in your subconscious. <laughs> all right. Uh, also worth noting here, it applies to units with production in all caps production, but it is not using all caps production. And this oh is the God. perfect example of one of the worst rules lawyer things in the game, which is that produce is not the same as production. Something like Sarween tools applies when you use capital all caps production, but not when you produce. So mm -hmm. Sarween tools is a great tech for Arborek. My infantry move, I build out of them every single time I move them. I use Sarween tools to get some free infantry or whatever. Yeah, that's yummy. great. This is just producing a unit at the start of my turn, which means I can't use Sarween tools on that. Now, to be fair, if you could use Sarween tools with this already busted ability, yeah. we're talking about a lot of potential value. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're talking about every time you do anything, right. every turn you're just going to you're at least going to grab a destroyer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. you're at least like, now nah, let me let me just yeah. grab one of those or even just a fighter or infantry. Yes. Right? Like they just yeah. spawn. They just poop out like whatever. Uh, I'm just going to have that. Yeah. You know, to, it would be too much. So thank goodness it doesn't work like that. But 
I would love if the language was clean. Oh, yeah. It's a shame that production <laughs> is such a mess. You know, when TI4 first came out, everybody was like, oh, everything's been tightened up from the mess that was TI3. And it's like, now that we spent a long enough time about, you know, with TI4, yeah. I'm now a spoiled brat. And I'm like, I think it got messy again. <laughs> We made it messy. Mm -hmm. um, also, just a note here, chaos mapping, the thing about uh, activating asteroid fields, uh, POK edition that I could talk about later as well, is just uh, be wary of benediction. Benediction can get you. That's the one way we can get you these days. Is mm -hmm. That's not an activation. Two ways it can happen. Someone can send stuff into your uh, asteroid fields. Yep. And more importantly and more likely... They'll they'll park something next to an asteroid field and they'll just pull you right out. out. <laughs> they'll just pull you right out. And if you done passed, then we are going to eliminate well, you. Done. You yeah. are out. Yeah, this is you, the ticket to the SAR elimination. You actually. sad boy, weird bears are going home you to know write what it poetry. Is. You benedict the big fleet out of the asteroid field and then Muat Nova seeds the fleet right after that. Oh, yeah. And you're just done. That'll and kill them over. dead. <laughs> that'll keep them out. You that'll, got a sad bear problem. <laughs> Uh, but that's it. This is a this is an amazing kit. Uh, if I, I didn't write an overview down of this stuff, but you can feel it. We have movement. We have uh -huh. money. We have the ability to get plastic on the board. Mm -hmm. Production. Uh, one, I have, it, we, we have production. It's like we have it all. There's no reason for this to be a bad game. For right. Us. Right. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. So then why is it hard for some people? <laughs> And I think that has to do with a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about in the second half yeah. of this episode. <laughs> Welcome back. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's talk about uh, extrapolating ideas about the SAR. And I had a few focuses when I was playing this because... I, I like doing the good faction guides because it's less about like, how do you pull it off as Sardak or as whatever, you know, these factions mm -hmm. where it's like, you got to kind of come up with the thing to like pull through. I like thinking about the factions of like, well, how do you optimize this obviously good kit? Or more importantly, in SAR's case, how do you slow this engine down so that everybody doesn't only have one thing to focus on vis-a-vis -vis you? Yeah. How you're like you're like a truck yeah or like a yeah like a hummer or something <laughs> it's like cool you can you know you can carry more stuff you mm -hmm. can lug more stuff around but you got bad gas mileage brother <laughs> and and everyone is against you existing like oh, nobody, yeah. nobody nobody likes, likes that this. h2 anymore yeah, you dude, know you don't yeah. see those on the road too often no yeah. more i mean uh, besides mine you know <laughs> Uh, but we always start with uh, strategy cards and very specifically what we like strategy phase round one. What do we want to pick? Uh, and we can kind of decide what these things mean for the rest of the game, too. But especially just like how do we do our round one? And I'll at least lead with with two points of advice and then we'll get into each card individually. First is you can't make a bad choice. Uh, sorry, mm -mm. You, you won't have a bad round one. That That's impossible. But if you want to make the best round one, there's all sorts of things you can do. But also... A thing to just throw out there, just take construction. <laughs> just shut up and take construction is always an easy... If you're looking for just like a, I'm literally playing my first game as SAR, right. and I don't know how to overthink things yet, my advice to you up front would just be to take construction no matter what. Well, uh, what if your first pick? Well... Take construction? Well, we could talk about first pick. Just take Here's construction. Here's what I would say. You should not be first pick <laughs> if you're SAR. That should have not happened. Why uh, would you not wait? What? It, well, what? And then, you know what? I'll even still make the case for construction uh, first pick, but there's first also... First pick? There's, there's, other, there's other ideas. But let's go through them in, in, in order. Uh, leadership. 
Leadership is great, actually, for Clannasar mm-hmm. uh, because uh, we want to follow tech. We don't need to, I'll throw out there, but we want to. We would like to follow tech. We've got the money for it. There's no reason not to. Uh, we want to follow warfare, probably, although there are some things where you just send that space dock out right away and you don't mm-hmm. have any intent of doing it. But we also want to follow construction. Uh, so if we have leadership, we can do all three. If we lose warfare, like that, that's just one less we need in the fleet, in the strategy. Or I honestly throw in a politics, get action cards as uh, as SAR. Always, always good to get some action cards, but you could also conserve them. Leadership's just always good for investing in round two. But more importantly, we as SAR start with three carriers. Remember? Yeah. Uh, we have like extra things we could do. We uh-huh. could send a trade ship and still go uh take three systems worth of planets we we have extra tactics tokens worth using so leadership w- is a great way to invest in that i would call this like a mid-tier pick uh it's it's okay another aspect is that as clan of sar one of the things that you're going to run into that's going to be like a ceiling for your development especially yeah. if you end up getting chaos mapping right. is fleet pool absolutely so we are not a faction that necessarily wants to take that that token out of fleet pool going into round two right we would rather just kind of get some momentum on command tokens. And this is the easiest way yeah. to do that. So, yeah. you know, go ahead. And honestly, it's a game long thing of it's way too easy to overdo it and use too many command tokens, getting cute and doing a bunch of things and moving all over the place. And you can you can burn yourself into a corner. So an early leadership just like makes for a more comfortable round two. And you you just don't fall behind as quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a nice kind of safe pick. Uh, diplomacy would be next up. Diplomacy is good because more money is more plastic and I'll never shy away from more plastic as Clan Asar. I would always like to have more. More likely diplomacy is coming up because there's like a spendy objective and that's kind of your ticket to doing it. It's also a route to taking custodians round one, but mm-hmm. it's kind of my least favorite route uh, to, to like, op- you know, to, to diplo back Aaron Amir to then take custodians round one is doable, but is not. I, I wouldn't call that ideal uh, for SAR. There's lots of other ways you can take custodians round one. You you are one of the premier round one custodians factions and Diplo is sort of the like strangest way to go about it. Yeah, I think there's a lot more creative ways to get uh, custodians without giving everybody else a, a Diplo round one situation. And you you led this off saying just take construction. So that means in a last pick scenario, yeah. if construction is around, we're taking that, yeah, you know? So I would need- say Diplo might be the worst right. option you have available to yeah. you. Um, I'll actually throw worst maybe at politics though, okay. because politics we can custodians round one. <laughs> we don't need to wait till next round. Now we can, we can conserve our money, right? It's always right. smart to just hold on to our trade goods or immediately invest them in plastic. So if you see your slice is an Aaron Amir sitting in front of you, don't do Diplo, do politics, right? right? So that then that six influence is for next round taking Mechatol. But there's well, always a risk that somebody else could snap it from under you. So I, I would just go for Mechatol round one, which is why politics is like not the most interesting thing to me. I give that to you. I think that makes sense. Uh, if if your choice, if for some reason, yeah, because it's kind of a weird situation. <laughs> somehow your choice is politics if, and diplomacy. If somehow your choice is between just those two or, or those three, I uh-huh. guess we should say, if, if it was construction, diplo, yeah. politics, the choice wouldn't be politics. Right. But I would argue even in that scenario that still maybe construction should be on the table yeah. because you can still get custodians round one. Right. It just might take a little more ingenuity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, construction, we keep talking about it. So why is it the one you want to take? Well, the first reason is 
especially in like developed metas, if you're at the table, the rest of the table doesn't want to take construction. They probably won't take construction. They will avoid it. Someone will do an early diplomacy, right? Fourth pick might be diplomacy in this situation Mm -hmm. or whatever, because they're already looking down the barrel of like, let's avoid construction. Um, And if you if you were like a second pick and you didn't take construction, now the table's really not going to let construction get pulled because they don't like you having two space stocks. Um, And the reason you want more space stocks, I would say the, the, the most talked about reason is reactor meltdown is an action card that kills a space dock on the board that's you that that says kill a sar space dock on the board right like a hundred percent people don't like these things dancing around them when a SAR space dock is like adjacent to another player that is a threat they are scared they don't want it around them they'll reactor meltdown it so having that second one out is your insurance from the get-go sure. it is decimating to your game to have like if if politics draws reactor meltdown and and plays it on you and construction wasn't in play around one you are in big big trouble Mm -hmm. so part of it is insurance but the other part of it is literally it's great to get your space dogs out you also need three of them to unlock your commander and your commander's pretty good and it's a decently sellable alliance so the sooner you unlock your commander the sooner you can sell that alliance to somebody that maybe wants to use it um so in general construction is good what's nice is it gets off your back a little bit if a structure objective is out because then everybody does kind of want or need it and so then you can focus on other things but the just take construction is mostly as like a safety thing and my other argument is you've already got heat and there are plenty of other ways that actually get you more heat getting your second space stock out is not like the biggest threat to the table it's your insurance policy it keeps you safe but it's not inherently making everybody else's situation way worse you having lots of money, that's bad for everybody else. You just having another space dock, it's good for you and you can carry that into the next round. And if we're talking about playing a kind of conservative SAR, that's why I like construction round one, is it's a way to lay low. Yeah. It also gives you a lot of versatility. Obviously, you can start kind of developing your game in more than one direction yep. at once because there's a tendency to kind of ball up all of your ships and yep. continue producing in one direction and wherever that direction is nobody's gonna like it right basically yeah. you're also a rare faction that you can construction your first action and there's no harm to you basically as right. long as like diplomacy is not in play or something you don't have a rush to take a planet mm-hmm. everybody else would have to take a planet and then pop construction because they want their stuff out and about you don't need to do that now you might want to because getting that pds forward is also kind of important for objective uh qualifications but you could just do the space dock right away and have four C four I. I don't know why you need that, but it's absolutely an option. Well, I want to when we get to late game discussion, I want to talk about improve infrastructure because yeah. I am kind of interested as to what people think about if it's even part of the SAR game at all, right. or if you just ignore it entirely. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it is like I mean, it's kind of a big ask yeah. because you even with construction primary. Yep getting two PDS mm-hmm. instead of any space stock at all just seems like a very strange thing to do with SAR. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know. Uh, next up is trade. Trade's great. Trade does two big things. Lots of money, which we like, but also that lots of money can come with establishing good relations with the table. You can mm-hmm. be a really nice... You don't need every buck that's coming to you. Like you, you don't need to be stingy with trade. You're making trade goods off of your scavenge ability you can be an incredibly nice helpful sar bear you you can in in imsen's notes he was like now your space dock moving towards someone else that's just a trade ship it's that's not a big nice. deal it's just yeah. a nice thing i'm just here to help you out and if it comes into play later that's 
in the future. Don't worry about yeah. it so much. But um, this is a great way to think about custodians round one. Um, this is definitely like your easiest way to just have the money perfectly on hand for everything you need to do. Mm -hmm. You're not worried about Diplo timings or anything like that. You just make a lot of money. You definitely do tech and you definitely afford custodians right. with trade. It's all easy. Yeah, it's not very flashy. Uh, yeah. it, it has like kind of a lower, I think, ceiling than the strategy card we're about mm -hmm. to talk about. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I do feel like overall people just kind of deal with it better. Right. Because at least... With Warfare, which we're about to discuss, there's so much you can get done, yep. and the table is not being considered. Yeah. You, you can just, in a vacuum, we can just describe a situation where you do a lot of really interesting <laughs> stuff that sets you up for a very solid round one. Yep. At least with trade, you're looking at the tech person right. and waiting for them to go. Yeah. And then you can maybe figure out how you're going to make all of this work. Right. But trade is a little more gravity drive dependent for yeah, any of these like interesting plays. Yeah, definitely. Um, but you can also just have a safe you, trade can be a thing of like, let's just give up that custodians maybe or let's find it. I, there, there's a few ways around it, but it, it is just sort of a safe thing. But let's talk about warfare. It is the classic ridiculous first pick for mm -hmm. SAR. I have speaker, I'm SAR. This shouldn't have happened, but we're here. I'm definitely taking warfare. This is like the one thing that goes against the just pick construction rule, basically, uh, because warfare is way too good for SAR. You can move every single thing forward, lift the token, and then fan out all over the place, mm -hmm. right? You, you, this is your way to take four systems with planets easily or more, depending on how things go down. I mean, you could move forward still spawn a space dock off a of construction then mm -hmm. lift the token and then oh move i love everything that out. opening yeah. that's fantastic <laughs> and pull pull a token like depending on the slice setup this is where you see the thing where people are like i took 10 planets around one. right i i did i did just so much i don't understand how it was possible but i did it it's also it could be all of that it could be the simplest custodians grab of your life it's just move the stuff forward, lift the token, get moved to Mechatol. You're right. just there. You, there's no work to be done besides getting the trade well, goods Yeah, in you your do got to come up with the money. But you yeah, gotta come I up mean, with the you money. get those. Yeah. You, you, you get them on the you way. Get <laughs> so yeah. it's, it is uh, just a cakewalk. I would throw out that the second you have it, good luck having any friends. Uh, it's true. Uh, you are now playing Extortion, Sar. You are playing, I'm going to be super rich round two. That's one of the benefits. You get so many planets that other people just can't reach in time that round two, you have all this money that you chaos map and you do all this stuff with. Like, you just come out swinging. But that's the game you're playing now. You are yeah. committing to bloodshed. Don't forget, you do get a trade good when you take Mechatol Rex. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen a couple ga yeah. like, games where people like, they're pay they're you know, they're used to paying money, yeah. but you do get that rebate right. on you spending yeah. that, you know, that Or you can influence. put a mech immediately on Mechatol Rex, too. Oh, yeah, you can sure. just drop the mech. Sure. I'm, not, I'm very much, though, not in favor of a uh, we're going to keep Mechatol yeah. SAR game, mm -hmm. because I just feel like that's when people kind of start getting ridiculous yes. when it comes to destroying SAR. Right, right. Because you get just kind of every... and get it in the shadows. Yeah, dude, like <laughs> get out of there. Possible. Get out of there. Because uh, you got to start sandbagging at that point. Yeah. To be honest, I almost feel like warfare is better not taking custodians. Yeah. And instead, just doing maximum damage so as far rich. as like setting yourself up. Because yeah. then you can play this game of I'm not in the lead point wise, yeah. and then people are like, but you have so much. Right. It's getting so crazy. Right. Your economy right. and everything. And but I. I mean, you got, you're going to have to have some sort of diplomatic trick here. Yeah. Otherwise, people are just going to start coming down on you so hard. Yeah. You know what I would say is even worse about all this is in my experience, the SAR warfare thing, like one of your options is 
first turn move out second turn pull the token most people are not ready for a second action warfare oh like, no like no. The, the the tech and warfare timing needs to be more spread out than that and people are not ready to build those units at home on their second action or yeah. right after their second action or whatever and so it's even more decimate like you'll probably hit at least one faction at the table where they're like no i i, I can't afford this or now i can't afford tech or whatever right. if you've got like the wriggles or the the little devils in your slice <laughs> yeah. we're talking third action custodian tape right 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 like that's pretty much your and and this is this is not really Christmas land because I'm not even thinking about the other players. Yes. I'm saying just us. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah, that's nuts. It's it's too much. It's just entirely too much. I'd also throw out uh, specifically in Imsen sent me a long. I mean, honestly, this guide I could have just copied Imsen's work and given you an amazing guide. And uh, I'll encourage Imsen. I won't post it on his behalf, or I'll check with him, or whatever. But I'll post his guide, his version of all of this. Right. Uh, in in the episode forum channel on our Discord. Uh. Because there's a there's a lot of great little nuggets in there. And one of them I'll throw out is round one, you usually go adjacent to Mechatol with the agent fueled dock as your first action. Mm -hmm. Pull that token to take Mechatol and the other systems adjacent to Mechatol that block the potential Mechatol grabbers round two. So you actually don't even need to be going for Mechatol round one. You can do the thing we were talking about where it's like actually conserve your trade goods, have some influence planets. You can just block a bunch of paths to right. Mechatol and then round one, the turn order doesn't even matter. Half the players right. cannot access Mechatol and you can still take Custodians round two. Yeah, I mean, that it's just ludicrous. Yeah, um, yeah, you could spend. I mean, I'll say this. OK, so this is actually the only like kind of strategy card based play I can think of that is worth considering like blocking as yeah. the other players right. i hate warfare yeah if i am let's say i'm first pick yep. and sar is second pick yep i am going to look at my warfare ceiling i don't want to take warfare because yeah. i feel like if i'm not sar i'm probably not getting enough out of it right but i am going to consider the opportunity cost of taking something away from sar yep. now i will say in this situation all I'm really doing is saying that they get trade. And yeah. we did just say that trade Trade's is also, sort right? of like the yeah. same thing. But I would throw out even this, especially in this scenario where you're one and SAR is two. I don't need SAR as my neighbor having all of that extra range. Of course, if of SAR course. is third pick, that's maybe a little bit safer. But if they're second, I do think you just have to take warfare because it's way too likely that they just come for you. Yeah, I hate it. I mean, yeah. like... If if and I can already smell the way it would play out for me is if is I would be like, oh, well, I really don't want to take warfare. And then the table would be like, well, you have to. And I'd be like, well, does anybody want to like help me out? Yeah, and I'd be like, right. no, <laughs> just do it. Yeah. And then I have to do it. Right. <laughs> or I just say, I don't like these people. Burn it down. Yeah. That's the logic this year. I'm telling you, man, everybody has gotten into the burn it down uh, mentality. Yeah, people got to start burning it down and letting chaos reign yeah. a little more. <laughs> I think it hasn't been chaotic enough. The game. I, I, I've definitely felt it ramping up. Though. I mean, at least my async games more often were like, yeah, let Windu get away with it. I don't care. I'm, I'm about to lose my uh, async semis game because we just let Nalu ride one. We yeah. just let him have it. Yeah, uh, it's just too much. So let's round out. Let's our, let's do our last strategy card because we never talk about Imperial, but technology, the seven 
uh, there's nothing wrong with this, but uh, you took construction instead. Um, you, you just don't need tech, basically. Again, you can afford it, right? We will get that trade good. Right. There's no risk of needing to pop tech right away. Uh-huh. We have the agent, so we especially don't need to pop tech to get gravity drive to go right. do anything. Like We can be as fancy as we want. So there's really just nothing that technology solves for us. Um, the only reason would be if two tech and two colors came out right away, and then I would want it. Yeah, because I want to get the drop on that. And if it's available to me, it might be the last time it's ever available because it's usually a top pick. But uh, outside of that, like we are we're we're about to actually we'll use this as a transition point into broader talking about tech. SAR can play an incredibly shallow tech. Yeah, I'd almost argue you don't need any tech except for chaos mapping. Like you could play a game where chaos mapping is the only tech you ever get and it would be okay. Um, I will, I'll throw one more tech on top of that later, but it's just, this is such a shallow game. And the, the best piece of advice is don't play like Jadim Jedi with SAR. Don't do with tech what you can solve with plastic, right? Plastic can do a lot more and you have so much more flexibility with your plastic specifically, right? That how is a lot of times people are using tech to like enhance their plastic situation or enhance them economically most tech doesn't actually do that much for you in, right. in that regard versus right. just having the units on the board to cause the threats to move to the places you need to go to. Um, so plastic is always the priority, um, especially in the mid and late game. It's I mean, I'm the kind of person where I really might research tech round one, research tech round two and be done for the yeah. game and just yeah. call it, um, especially if I like if I could have gotten tech round two and and be that that's all i need but well, what tech do we want oh. yeah and what's this other tech besides chaos yeah. mapping? what could you be talking about <laughs> oh what, the, the it, answer is it might a, surprise is you. it a blue tech <laughs> it's not a blue tech is well, it well there's no 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 let's let's do it we're this week we're talking about a blue tech <laughs> <laughs> you you've you've been waiting for us to finally get at it um no let's the, first actually it's complicated because what hunter's alluding to is gravity drive obviously right chaos mapping and gravity drive and for me it's the great debate of oh the either great debate. or yeah uh at least early which is which is first why not both which is the first is question chaos right? round one is chaos, <laughs> mapping, is chaos mapping there are plenty of arguments for gravity drive round one you can look at your slice and you'll just have to know it and gravity drive seems unnecessary because of the agent the agent gives us a big bonus move every round well whoa whoa I one addendum. Yeah. If the gravity drive is the difference between taking custodians or not, then obviously it's gravity right. drive. That's kind of the biggest thing. That's basically thing. it. Right. Um, but also gravity drive is like a good tech for uh SAR. But chaos mapping is our linchpin in the end. It is like the thing that saves our game mm-hmm. and it's great all game long because we just build at the start of every single action. And the earlier we get it, the more plastic we're pumping yes. out with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and especially that's our ticket to like a terrifying round too, right? Uh-huh. We can be an absolute nuisance because there's just too much plastic that no one is prepared to. I mean, you can do those like, hey, I'm going to take your home system unless you give me a one way support for the throne. Right. And I absolutely will crush you. Like Brian does that. <laughs> Brian just does that. Um, the other thing about Gravity Drive is every game I researched it, I didn't win. And the two games I didn't get Gravity Drive, I won. So I don't know what to do with that. 
I don't know that you don't need gravity drive. You just don't need it. It feels bad. It feels worse. Like it feels like a worse game and it's very easy to look at your game and be like, this would have been so much easier Leave with it gravity to Matt drive. to boil down the entire game to one choice and be like, it was just that, you know? This guy, when he's involved, he has no idea what's here's going all on. I'm he's, saying. You're like you're like talking magic talk right now. You're like, here's what happened. I didn't get gravity drive and I won. Here's, I have my lucky rabbit's here's foot the more of important the lack point. of gravity here's drive. Here's the more important point is with chaos mapping, I have two blue tech. My second tech can be carrier two. Of course. And that's a way bigger that's benefit. That's almost the same argument though. That's but, basically just like, sure. What I'm saying is I do chaos mapping round one. I do carrier two round two. I can be done with tech and I don't ever need to get gravity drive and I'll No survive. disagreements there. But yeah. I also say that that's not really the same thing. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you're arguing against gravity drive in a philosophical sense, you're sort of arguing against like movement being yeah. a priority. And that's not what I meant at all. Right. I think gravity drive matters if you want to get custodians. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. Right. And yeah, go ahead and get carrier right. two or whatever. Yeah. It, gravity drive can also be important if you like have any intent of like being dread heavy because you probably don't have time for dread two. Honestly, right. in right. most you can't predict that you'll be in a position to get dread two, but gravity drive makes your dreads keep up with your carrier twos or whatever. Right. There, there's a lot of ways to, or more importantly, gravity drive makes your uh, floating factories keep up with your carrier twos. And that can be like an, a critical component of right. making this stuff work. Or you end up using your agent each round on one of your floating factories to keep up with your carriers. It just feels tighter. But what I would encourage people is quit thinking clan Asar goes and gallivants across the galaxy and does whatever they want all game. Mm -hmm. That's how you get the worst heat. You can play in your slice and the advantage is that you don't have to care about your home system, but you can play in your slice and probably extend into those equidistance and just like have a lock on the equidistance mm -hmm. and have a super strong economic gain and you don't need gravity drive all game because you're not jumping through wormholes and doing all sorts of wild things. Like you, you can have a slower speed game with just carrier two and floating factories like going one, you can survive without gravity drive. That's my encouragement to you is you absolutely can survive. So the two tech I think you need are chaos mapping and carrier two. I like Hunter's specific point of like, look at custodian round one and if gravity drives the ticket, do it like that. Yeah. That's that's the thing. You decide round one whether or not you're getting gravity drive this game. Yeah, period. I think that makes sense. Yeah, Um. I also think that the, the difference between gravity drive and chaos mapping is that if I get gravity drive, I still want chaos mapping. Yep. If I if I go the chaos mapping route, I maybe exactly. don't want gravity drive. Exactly. And that's and I feel like that's a good sum. I, the way you framed this going into it, I thought you were saying <laughs> you it's out. the great debate. No, and we're going to talk about whether Either you should or. get one or no, the other. You'll always and get chaos mapping. You'll always get chaos. Absolutely, mapping. it's a round one debate of which one do you need to get right right out the gate. Um, to to say one more note about carrier two is. Um, the reason it's so critical is that two extra capacity is a big deal. I mean, we have extra capacity, right? Our, our space docks are flying around with capacity, mm -hmm. but it is a backbone to taking a system and then immediately spending a buck or two on some extra fighters to reinforce that space or whatever. Right. Like it's just, it is, it's like why people like integrated economy <laughs> and you just have it. You just right. do it with carrier two and your floating factories. You're just good to go. Well, and also the big limit here is your production uh, or how much what do we call that is it production capacity no do we really call it production your capacity, capacity your normal capacity no i'm not talking about yeah it's what? production capacity all the words are horrible isn't that the worst we you have capacity and you have so production it's capacity. capacity and then production <laughs> capacity that's 
have we have we ever talked about this before? <laughs> How bad that really is? Bad. I know. I'm calling a meeting <laughs> right now. We've messed up real bad, uh-huh. y'all. So okay. So <laughs> please do not get confused. I hope you're not getting confused. So your production, yeah. I'm just gonna call it your production, is yeah. five, and that's a hard limit, right? Mm-hmm. Chaos mapping allows us to poop out capital ships the big boys the dreadnoughts the carriers the cruisers and then hopefully that five is mostly devoted to fighters and infantry and mechs and whatever right yeah and and i'll talk about uh maybe i could do it right here let's 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 talk about it real quick uh the other my favorite point uh imson made and his advice to me was about exactly this and it was about the timing of infantry versus fighters and his position was essentially uh, that you need to lead the game with uh, infantry. You don't need the fighters right away, actually. Right. And a lot of people think that you might. It's like, oh, well, if I can defend the space, then I'll be fine. But too many fighters then tangles up your capacity. And then you're like, oh, I got to hold these fighters. And then I'm trying to lift my infantry. But mm-hmm. then and I'm trying to just only do it like with two. If you just go hard on infantry early, nobody's going to come for your stuff anyways. Because right. they also don't have a lot of infantry early. Right. Round one and two, nobody's got infantry. And infantry does not tie up your Capacity. And it's not tying up your capacity in the sky. Exactly. Not your production capacity, your capacity. But it also does tie up your production capacity. <laughs> so, uh, but but you want to build these infantry and then in the mid game, you can hard pivot into now I build all these fighters and nobody can do anything about my stuff. Now I have carrier two and we lean into the into the fighters. I like that a lot. Yeah, and I think that is a really good point. It's really sound advice. And trust me when I say the game I saw Imson play SR, it was like 36 infantry through his slide he had everything he had a quarter of the board and all of it was untakeable it was four infantry per planet yeah. and i was looking at it, i was like how did you have a nut like how did you do this and it was just like well we had a good relationship on this side and they weren't messing with me and i just kept building i just kept building over and over and over again matt where does the infantry go when the floating factory make it <laughs> you can put them on the planets you control it's easy just, just any just, of just them. put them on a planet you can just, just put them on any planet and that that's wow. if anything that's what makes star even more annoying is everybody else has that has this like really awkward they have mm-hmm. to poop out of the space dock on rule. that planet and then you gotta lift them later and move them to melon right zobat's Zobat, got all the infantry and i gotta scoot a couple over to melon what am I gonna do and star just always even spreads all of their planets huh. so it's, it's almost really like we should use that as an advantage yeah it's almost like that's really good uh so my note in here is you could stop here every other tech is icing on the cake uh every you you don't need any more tech you could just build more plastic and honestly your money should be tied up in plastic because with your commander and your five production value on two or three space stocks and your chaos mapping you got a lot of stuff to build or more importantly you have a lot of opportunities to build mm-hmm. so why waste four bucks every round on tech that doesn't improve like just think of it this way do you need a, do you want another dread or do you want a tech do you want a carrier and two fighters or do you want another tech? Like, which one is going to get you more? And it's right. almost always that plastic is going to go take something that you can do something with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I would just always rather get more stuff. But what I'll talk about is what to do in those kind of tech-rich games. What, what you do when some bonus tech comes out. Or mm-hmm. you get really rich. You just have, you have too much resources and you're looking for stuff to spend the resources on because you're not, you, you've got your plastic situation covered in a way that you like. You just want more tech. Um. I would say 
My eyes have been opened to the benefit of Floating Factory 2. If you can skip quickly to it or you can whatever, it's too deep to just go for. But mm-hmm. I do want to sing the praises of it's in, it's very good. Uh, it, it goes very well with that commander, those extra infantry and stuff. When do go- you get it, though? That's my question. Round four. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's ugly. Like it's it. it I, I think it can be very good, but it does come out too late. And honestly, you have better things to get. Uh, which includes, hey, guess what? Uh, go figure. More blue tech is super good. And if anything, um, some of the blue tech is like better than it's ever been in anybody's hands. We talk about blue tech is good because oh, it it helps Imperian or it does this for ghosts. With Sar, it makes you such a horrible threat to everybody else. I want to talk about fleet logistics. Fleet logistics is amazing on Clan Asar. Uh, let me just paint this one scenario from you, and you can extrapolate all the other ways it continues to be useful. Mm-hmm. We have chaos mapping, we have carrier two, and then we got fleet logistics. That was our next tech. Okay, uh, round five, first action. I'm on the two. I have Diplo. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got lucky. I had Diplo. I chaos map my flagship. Spend eight bucks. Immediately Diplo the money back as my action. Uh, so I have my $8 back. I fleet logistics to then move that flagship and other plastic out of the system I just locked down. It can't be attacked. Right. And that all that stuff goes intact, takes something else, and builds more plastic on the other side of it because I diplo the money back from my flagship. Uh, all on the first action of round five. I, I just locked down two systems before anybody else acted in round five. Well, wait, what? Chaos mapping. Uh-huh. into diplomacy fleet logistics into a tactical action oh okay okay yeah yeah sorry i thought you were saying three actions no, just I was two really confused. <laughs> just two yeah yeah with all of that and you've done like most of the things you need to do in the round this yeah, is dude, important to good. note here too because we're not a stall faction we we don't have a good command counter economy inherently um and and sometimes we have a need for fleet supply although the other suggestion for carrier two is to reduce some of the need of that if you if you can have a ton of fighters with your carrier twos and your floating factories you don't need to push that fleet supply up to four or five or six or whatever that you that we're used to thinking about sar as having you can play a three fleet supply game and still be the biggest threat at the table with like a heavy blue tech uh, route or whatever. So I think fleet logistics is devastating. I don't have to explain to you why light wave is devastating. You have a ton of movement abilities uh, and the only thing stopping you is stuff in the way unless it's not unless light wave gets you through it. Uh, But the other special mention is that that alpha asteroid uh, field, the alpha wormhole in an asteroid field, what a lovely little home uh, Sar was given mm-hmm. in, in POK. What a ridiculous thing. What a little buff. And Lightwave makes that just such a crying shame for the table. You can yep. just go anywhere at any time for mm-hmm. any reason. It's mm-hmm. really gross. Uh, so Lightwave, very, very good. If you're going to have bonus tech, you do chaos mapping, you do carrier two straight in up the tree. Keep going through to get Lightwave. And if there's no Mahawk, you ain't doing anything about that. Yeah, you're, you're just, just looking done. at that like that's just a fact right there. <laughs> that's just a fact of the game. Yeah. No way around it. Yeah. If the game gets really tech rich, if one of those, you know, if Ixthian goes tech, if Galactic Crisis Pact goes on tech or whatever, you know, those those like really tech rich things. That's when you try to work your way into a dread two or a dark energy tap. I do think dark energy tap is great for SAR, but sometimes you just don't have the time for it. Sometimes there's just more important things to do. Um, but I, I would I would get DET as soon as makes sense if your economy is is doing well, because you definitely can gum some stuff up and that can be your ticket to 
you know, making sure your secrets are exactly what they need to be for the late game or or whatever. I've um, seen a lot of SAR players hang on to the game with DET yeah, yeah. because they've gotten so much heat that they now they can keep playing the roulette yeah. of the frontier deck to see if they can just get enough right. like advantages to like lock this down. Yeah. And then also that retreat ability is really helpful mm -hmm. for a faction that does that oftentimes will end up in situations where they are nowhere near any planets yep. that they control. Yeah. So like, yeah, do not underestimate that, that retreat ability. Now, you know, can you always predict how much use you're going to get out of the retreat ability? Yeah. No, but I do think that it is worth considering. Also with chaos mapping, because we can sort of say these asteroid fields are ours. Don't mm -hmm. forget that when you get DET, you have an advantage even on Empyrean yep. in that you are you can get to every single empty space tile yep. Yep. right away. Absolutely. Um, the other thing too that's like worth noting within that is uh, with the retreat thing, um, something that I had not even considered, but Imsen also included in his notes was the idea that you the worst thing that can happen to a SAR is that your only retreat path for a floating factory is into another floating factory. Yeah. This is the other reason the infantry slug trail is so important. Yeah. I agree. Having lots of infantry all over the place means you have more viable routes to retreat to and DET can also open that up, right? That that gives me more options of just like an empty system over there. Mm -hmm. This keeps me from locking down two floating factories at once. That's awful. That's a disaster for right, SAR to just right. like in a retreat lock down two two floating factories. So you definitely want to avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Um, let's talk about exploration. There's not much to talk about. We are not a big exploration faction. Uh, we take this stuff early round one. I mean, we're really good at it round one. We take more planets than anybody else most of the time. Um, and round two, we have some advantages too uh, because we could have gotten mechs out round one to then take some more hazardous planets round two or we just have trade goods on hand as our second move, right? We we move to Melon Zobat the cultural and hazardous planet we gain a couple trade goods our next move is into lysis velnor the industrial planets and we have those trade goods to turn into action cards or whatever else mm -hmm. if we want to off the explorers we are a little bit better but all of those things are like nation abilities they just you're just good at that it's not like some consideration and we're not really like a spin the roulette faction right um we're too good at every single objective to care about needing to pull off shard of the throne because we can get custodians or we can do stage twos or honestly something we haven't talked about much yet is you can get Imperial and take Mechatol and, and score that Mechatol point in, in the middle of the game if you need to. Like right. There's just so many routes to 10 for SAR that it doesn't really feel like Fragments and Shard and Obsidian are like the critical path for them. Certainly possible if you get lucky in that round one, but also I would say people don't necessarily want to like sell you the Relic. You're right. better off selling your Fragments for more money for the plastic to do the thing you do well. Yeah, I agree that as SAR, you're almost like afraid of seeing Shard because you're just not set up to yeah. really care about that unless obviously it's your last point. Yeah, I will say, though, I still what sucks for me is that I really like everything in the Frontier deck yeah. for SAR that honestly isn't a, a relic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I feel like it's a, a lot, lot of tokens in that Frontier deck. A lot deck, of that tokens. solves a lot of problems. Yeah, a lot of tokens, a lot of money. It's like a good way to, but yeah, so it's like, I like the idea of thinking them a little bit like a roulette faction, but it's sort of like you're not trying to hit it big. Yeah. <laughs> 
you're trying to just play a nice game, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and you're trying to stay up, but you're not trying to upset the house. Exactly. You're already ahead. So they, the house is, you walk in the door and they're like, oh, there's that higher roller again. Yeah. They're, the cameras are already looking at you. Right, so right. You, don't, you can't you cheat. Just, yeah, you can't yeah. do anything. You know how to count cards, but you, you shouldn't do it. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing it. Uh, I would also throw out there, this is another ridiculous uh, rules thing, uh, but if you are going gambling a little bit, uh, just a reminder, I mean, I don't know how you try to do this, but there is a thing where if you get your home system taken by somebody else oh, yeah. uh, before you pull shard and you don't have any legendary pairs, nobody can ever take shard from you. Yeah. And you can cool. still score all your stuff. It's a real cool thing. Um, but it's more importantly, if anything, this is advice to anybody playing against SAR. Never take both planets. Don't take you absolutely There's have no to. reason to. Yep. Just yeah. leave one open. Leave the one zero. Mm-hmm. You don't need the one buck from the one zero planet. Yeah. And you want that as your shard contingency. <laughs> you need a way to take it away from SAR. Or at least, yeah, just recognize. Maybe we're being a little too prescriptive. Recognize that taking both planets, yep. if you're going to go to SAR's home system, taking both is actually sort of a favor yeah. to do for SAR. Exactly. So just recognize that. It's a little counterintuitive, right. but like that's what we're here for. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's talk about trade and meta. Uh, and we've we've harped on this quite a lot, but you are the enemy of the table at the beginning of the game. Um, you you start with a lot of heat and you just have to accept that. You can't don't come into the games and pretend you don't deserve this heat. Right. You absolutely do. Right. And there's nothing more infuriating to the players that you're playing against than a SAR like not recognizing that they're a threat. I would say all of the big threat factions, that's the thing that you can do to get more heat is just not recognize it. Like when a win who is like, I don't see what the big deal is. Everyone's like, that's it. You're we're going to kill you. Right. <laughs> we're going to gut right. you like a fish because you won't just accept the truth. Uh, and that is definitely true for SAR too. But SAR absolutely can mitigate that because well, you make a bunch of trade goods. You could go buying stuff. You could play friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you know, I'm not saying you're like a wheel and deal in Hakan or Jolnar or anything, but you can keep people happy and you can keep people fine and you can do little planet trades and like you don't your 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 main strategy doesn't have to be take everything from them. It, right. You, you can play kinder than that and if anything too like that's what rogs call the promissory note is for that you have tools in your kit to make things amenable. And you should do as much of that as possible. But at the end of the day, you have a big stick. And every once in a while, you're going to need to carry it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's that's what your benefit is. Uh, you can do lots of extortion. Um, and I would say especially this is why, like, the reason Imsen and Deft are known for SAR play is because they play in what people call the Euro Morning Crew. They play right. in this, like, meta that's very violence accepting yeah. that's the way i would describe this if, if you hear us talk about your morning and it's like oh it's a bloodbath don't listen to the people where it's like it's a bloodbath the point is that they're not scared of aggression and they accept right. that as right. one of the pillars of the game yeah, and yeah so yeah. it's not what happens in like our coddled american meta if we're going to give it a bad name is like I get attacked and I fly off the handle and I say, "You, I'm going to throw everything in my game to suddenly stop you. Suddenly it's baby time. It's suddenly it's baby time. But in, in their meta, it's like, yes, yeah, so, you know, we, we all are trying to extort each other at every opportunity. And that's that's the way the game is. And Saw, that's like why SAR is so good, because that's what SAR does so well is round two. I'm way too close to your home system and I get to threaten it for a for a uh, support for the throne or, or whatever. Um, and. You just got to know what the group's going to be willing to put up with, though, because there are going to be some tables where you come at it and you're like, I'm I'm sorry and I'm going to do it. And they're going to stop caring about the game and they're going to just like do everything they can to slow you down. I want to address this from a different axis point. 
Um, because yes, you're right. Americans, big babies, Euros, uh, elitist, so annoying strong. people. Um, <laughs> and that's just how it is. Uh, but here's here's another aspect of extortion. I hate uh, extortion meta yes, I because too. I think it wastes a lot of time. Right. But uh, here is the thing that I see happen with SAR. This is like kind of a newer player thing is a SAR player will try to extort someone and they'll be like, I've got the leverage in this situation. They'll, they'll think that they do. Yes. They're like, I can do this and it will mess up your game. And it probably will for like a round. And then they do it, because here's the thing. Anytime you try to extort somebody, what you need to recognize is that if they refuse your extortion, mm. you have to carry through with yep. the threat. Right. Otherwise, we're just wasting our time right. here. So accept that that is a possibility. Right. And I've seen SAR players not really be ready yep. for it to be like, okay, yeah. do it. Well, and more importantly, too, make sure that what you would be doing to them is beneficial to you. The best way to call a bluff on a SAR is like, oh, what? So you take my home system and what do you get? You and get no objectives. Right. You get nothing out of it. This right. does nothing for you. And then later I can retaliate and take my home. Like there's been plenty of times where I'm getting extorted. And I'm like, my fleet's, I, I can just take it back. I'll just do it. I mean, it'll suck. It'll be a waste of both of our time, but I can take it back or whatever. Like Extortion makes sense when the player in question that's doing the extortion has such a solid position yep. that they are basically, if they pull the trigger on their extortion and we have to go to the bad end, we don't, yep. we don't, you don't give in, you don't give me two trade goods or whatever it is. I will kind of not really be putting myself at risk. Yep. Regularly, I see less experienced SAR players go for an extortion play, they get called on the bluff, yep. then they have to commit, <laughs> yeah. and then now they have a sworn enemy at the table, right. and the rest of the table doesn't like them either because yeah. they're SAR. Right. So like, be ready for extortion to kind of come out as like a very hot play. So of yeah. course, if you're Imsen or whatever, and you've like specifically managed your infantry in such a way as where you do not have a lot of weak points, yeah. maybe you can then get away with some right. extortion. Right. But if you don't, if, if there is an Achilles heel here, uh, we're, well, we're going to be little heel biters yeah, now right. at this table, you know? Exactly. And and it, it really comes down to, um, I wouldn't go so hard on the, like, let me do the big extortion for the support for the throne. More importantly, people will pay you a little bit to go be somebody else's problem. Sure. Let me just give you the little thing that's not some big extortion play, but it's right. just like a little cookie so that you think about the other direction. People love a support swap with you. It's so easy to get a support swap out of somebody, right, SR, right. because they're just like, oh, thank goodness. It's just off now my I don't plate. have to think about it. I don't you. have to think about it. And that's how a lot of your board presence and threat can look like. It can just get you extra cookies rather than being this big, scary, horrible stick you wield that you're like ready to fire off on somebody. It's just like a, you really want to deal with this or you want to just, you want to just kind of like make me go the other direction or whatever. And I would say the other aspect of that is, you aren't the scariest faction at the table all the time. You are a scary faction at the table. And there are other factions that can be problems that the table also wants to deal with, especially like nowadays, like post POK. I think what we've learned is there's so much stuff at the top. Like SAR was not our absolute best faction in the game during our faction tier list this this last year. It's, oh, it's no. not it's not the best thing there. They're not number one, which means sometimes SAR is the Bobby. <laughs> Sar's walking around and everybody's like, Sar, you've got the plastic. Can you deal with Nalu? Can you deal with Winu? Can mm -hmm. you deal with Mahawk or whoever these these early threats are that people are worried about getting, you know, too much of a steam going? You can be paid 
to do a little bit of violence on them or those people might pay you a little bit extra to leave them alone if you're willing to let them stay in the pack right which sure. I'm, i've kind of been trying to argue you are right you want mahawks to stay there at the top you want nalu to be a threat because you want to you don't need to be the top threat anymore so you can play in that little territory where it's like don't make yourself the biggest target let yourself be the person who's like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll take the one planet from Winu so that they, this, you know, stops this one public objective this round for them. And now we all feel like Winu is a little bit dealt with, but actually we know that Winu is going to come back in round four and still be in a position to do well. And as Sar, I will try to prop that up <laughs> later. Sure. Yeah, that's entanglement right there yeah. is like, yeah, you don't want to be the only player at the table having a good day yep. because you need some sort of plausible reason right. to say that I should not be eliminated. Right. So, yeah. 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 Um, so to talk about that end game stuff, you know, to, you know, we, we usually make room for like talking about objectives and victory points. You're so good at so much of it. You can absolutely do custodians. You can always take Mechatol with a big fleet and score the, the Mechatol point off of Imperial. You're good at every stage one and secret except for just a couple, which is yeah. as Hunter made mentioned to earlier, PDS stuff is not your bag. It's super annoying and it's hard to even argue you should think about it at all uh, as we sort of mentioned well, earlier. Well, yeah, so so improve infrastructure. Let's just be specific. Yes. I don't want to be vague. So improve infrastructure, three structures on planets outside yep. of home. Floating factory ain't on a planet. Right. Don't count. Exactly. All The only thing that counts is your PDS. Yep. Should you just say no? Right. What should you do in that situation? I don't know. It'll come down to... First off, what the other objectives are, we got to think about our tempo, right? We got to think about what is our path to 10. And there's always the option to say, all right, if I'm taking one stage one out of the bag, I need one more bonus point or I need a stage two that much more. And that's the gamble you're making. Or mm -hmm. I got to go for Mechatol at some point. I mean, good news for Sar, you can just do the Mechatol thing. If you sure. really, really need to, you can say, yep, I'm giving up on the PDS thing mm -hmm. and I'm just going to make sure I go get an Imperial point before right. it's too late or whatever, or, or make it my last point. Maybe I, maybe that's, I, I never in here said like SARS playing the speaker game a lot. I don't think they really need to. I think you can be fourth pick in the final round and have a decent shot at wins, you know, being a part of the carousel and coming out ahead of it. Yeah. Um, if you are, having one of these bad objectives that might be your opportunity to play the speaker game a bit more if only to have imperial in a moment when you want to go take mechatol um yeah. the the other ones to think of too it's not just improve infrastructure there's the secret that's have for pds sure. obviously with secrets it's different because we can just try to cycle even det just became more important sure. <laughs> if our second draw is for pds det might be important too if you're having to take imperial yep. and score the mechatol rex right. point that way right also exactly um and then the turn their fleets to dust is obviously also just like a train wreck for you you don't want you don't want that. so many of the other secrets like basically any of the other ones that have to do with units yep. are so what i love about chaos mapping yeah is that a lot of the times with secrets like let's say you have to um unveil your flagship most of the time for other players, they have to build the flagship yep. and then everybody sees that happen yep. and they're like, oh, I wonder what's up with that. And if you're a bad faction with a bad flagship, it's like, well, it's obvious what's happening yeah. with SAR. Nobody even gets any foresight. Yep. You pop it out with your chaos, chaos mapping. mapping and then you just go right for that point. Yep. And I love yep. that. And you haven't left it on the table for somebody else to need to come farm, destroy their greatest ship off of you. You mm -hmm. literally spawn at the moment you need it and you, you're like, right. you're, you're good to go. It's it's ridiculous how many, uh, keep in mind too, the one where it's have nine ground forces on a planet without uh, space dock, 
Guess what? They're never there. The space dock's never on the planet. So when you just you just do a single build and get all the infantry there, and and you're good. And your space docks are still hanging out in that same space, and it's all there. Like nothing. So many things are easy. That one's so chill. Yeah, almost every secret is so easy for you. The stage twos, honestly, are also all doable. The other one I would throw out there is tech in colors. The two tech and two, or two tech and four colors. Yeah, I mean, we we don't even have to talk about two. Even unit upgrades. It's not like you. basically you were yeah. just like get carrier two right. and that's it so right we don't and maybe no want... other tech like we might have two blue tech and a unit upgrade and that's it we don't even have a route for a good second unit upgrade so the tech stuff is awkward but it's at least more you can handle it and it's like okay well the, the game told me i need to invest some of my money in tech that's fine in in two and two colors is a blue yellow or is it blue green i would say blue yellow for sure yeah because uh, dread two dread two is good and like the option for floating factory two being there is not the worst thing in the mm-hmm. world should should an agenda kick you into high gear on tech you know in the in the late game or whatever uh, yeah i'd rather have access to that i i do i do like neural and uh um fighter two yeah me too i mean i I like i just i really like neural on factions like this where it's like you know what they just need is a little bit more gas in the action card Mm -hmm. economy a few surprises yeah um so if it's like a round two ixthian for two tech sometimes i'm like i don't need to rush the light wave Mm -hmm. i don't need it right this second but i could just get neural and fighter two right now and have it for the rest of the game or whatever i i i might go that route sometimes but more likely i mean fighter 2 is definitely good but you don't always need neural anyways conclusions sar is a threat all game and your main objective is to slow that threat down a little bit while still utilizing it right you you need to you start sometimes ahead of the pack and you need to find ways to convince everybody that you're back in the pack so that you can be a win slayer you don't want to win from ahead that's the game's where SAR gets eliminated. That's the mistake we all make is we play super crazy. We we get our stuff in way too many spots. They don't need to be. We spread too thin. We're the only target people need to care about, and they actually can find ways to deal with us. We think we're completely safe with chaos mapping, and we made a mistake some at the critical moment. Man, there's nothing like being in a game when SAR moves out of the asteroid field for just a second. Yeah. And everyone's like, all right, time to pounce. Done. This is our opportunity yeah. to strike. And everybody just yeah. does it. They just suddenly, that's what you were talking about earlier. It's like suddenly the table is at peace and it's like, right, right now is our moment to gut them. Let's do it. It's very easy to throw, like I would say, the diplomacy game against you like very fast. People yep. have this like latent like opinion that they would like you out of it which is actually it's very good design because thematically from the lore this is like represented in like the board state and i really love that aspect of it i would encourage players that are like newer to the game that want to play sar a lot to really learn a lot about tempo we've done an episode about tempo it was like a while back but i still think a lot of that stuff probably still makes a lot of sense or just look at just go just ask big al uh to tell you (laughs) what tempo is ask about the 55 point game and yeah we'll regale you with the story right so Try to have a good foundation on tempo and make sure that you're not the only one with good tempo. Exactly. That's kind of, I think, what I feel like I see too often is a SAR player is the only one with good tempo, mm-hmm. meaning when it's round four, round five time, if there's not a lot of players to talk about besides you, yep. then there is no, I don't care if you're Imsen or Deft, yep. no one yep. can beat the entire table. Right. The entire table is just like, uh, we've had three rounds to think about stopping right. you. Right. 
So we figured it out. Unless they just don't care, which I mean, that also right. happens. So we also just <laughs> well, have like... And those are just those games. Sometimes the table just falls asleep. Uh, <laughs> but this is a strategy guide, dang it. I and mean, I'm not going to tell you that your strategy... Hope that your table falls asleep. <laughs> Hope that, would that be they're good. sleepy. Yeah. yeah, that would be really great if everybody just did a bad job, actually. Uh, yeah, I, I think SAR is not a hard uh, faction to do well with. And I think people... Um, look too high they they dream too big mm -hmm. and that's why they fall yeah and the way to play sar is to play tight and conservative and keep everything on rails and then you're the most primed for the end game it's it's when we dream so big as sar that we you know that we we, we stand too tall and you know we're goliath that gets knocked down too easily it, i want to play them i'm kind yeah. of in the mood to play them after yeah. all of this i kind of feel like that it would be fun especially i will say the my favorite thing my favorite nugget is the one that imson gave us of like focus on infantry first i gotta that show is like you really the map. i gotta dig and find the async map yeah of him like it's one thing to hear him say like yeah do infantry first and then you look at the map and you're like oh dear god do infantry first yeah. looks like it works real well yeah <laughs> Yeah, that is nuts. That is nuts. That game was only thwarted by uh, Planet Earth playing a Sorrel. I mean, you don't. What are you supposed to do in that situation? Well, what? Yeah, I mean, what are you supposed to do in that situation? Um, it's. I mean, the dice don't lie. The dice don't lie. She's. They've a, chosen. She, she, do we call her the dice? We witch have still? called her a dice witch before, <laughs> and I feel bad because I never. I, I always to wanted to message her to be like, "Is it okay if we call you dice witch?" <laughs> Because it might not, and that's okay. If it's not, I will never call her yeah, that we'll, again. We'll, we'll, we'll but we, it. it would be cool to get permission. Yeah. Maybe we have. Yeah. If this is still in, that we might mean we got permission. Otherwise, this is probably cut. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank our Weird Brass, Big Al Cappuccino, Squeamish Emu, BLT, Brassbird, Kabbalah, Soul, Kaluin, Dandelion, Daryl, Drago, Thaxton, Elspeth, SC, Jadim, Jedi, Carnal, Alice, Emlashevsky, Nick, Absol, Rwise, and Tang. And I want to thank my baby child, big friends. Craig in Portmania, Hercules, Relic Stan, and Vince. You can rate this podcast in places and do give it stars. Give, give it, it stars. Give it marshmallows. Give it rainbows. Give it pots of gold. Give me your lucky yeah. charms. Yes. And just, just rate rate lucky charms in your description. No. Of, oh, okay. No. No. What do you and, got? Uh, marshmallow Mateys. Oh, I'm sorry. That's which right. is this the is a marshmallow store brand. House. This, that's yeah. the Malto Meal House, and this is a Marshmallow Mateys House. Marshmallow Mateys is the bag cereal. subsisting off of pretty much Marshmallow Mateys alone. It was my, and it was, oh, what a horrible time in my life. Uh, I was a freshman in college, yeah. and I was like, what's a lot of food for not a lot of money? <laughs> and I was like, bag cereal that's a lot of food yeah, yeah. and then i would look at it i'd be like you know my favorite of these is marshmallow mateys and i think it's just because like what's great about a bag cereal as compared <laughs> to a box cereal is box cereal they've come along and they've taken all the low-hanging fruit mm -hmm. all of the boring thematic stuff oh he's a leprechaun and his lucky rainbow stuff yeah whatever or like whatever is going on with the tricks rabbit you know like <laughs> is boring it's not interesting uh -huh. marshmallow mateys mm -hmm. they're just like what about pirates yeah and then that's kind of it, actually. Yeah. They just sort of say what Marshmallow Mateys. <laughs> There's not like a bunch of commercials to watch. No. Most, it's kind of theater of the mind. Oh man, I'd love to make Malta Meal commercials though yeah. for their brands. I think they'd probably laugh you out of the building. They'd be like, you think we don't we have got to advertise money. this? We would have to do free commercials for bag cereal. <laughs> 
I'm just going to say right now that, okay, we can do one right now then. I recommend to you to buy bag cereal over box cereal yeah. because it's cheaper, you get more. And who is going to be a brand snob about cereal? <laughs> just buy it in the bag, you do. I don't care how much money you got. Yeah. If you're buying cereal, it better come in a bag. Bags are better anyways. Bags are better anyways. Well, That's cardboard box, it sure. does, you know, it's like you just want to throw it, sling it around. You know what I mean? You just want to be like, oh, there's a bag. Just so Hunter is anti-recycling. You heard it here first. Oh, everybody. yeah. Our bags, but we're, oh, well, bags actually, are like. Actually, we haven't produced, we haven't used the cardboard. There's a bag inside the cardboard box, everybody. That's the problem. Yep. Is there's already uh-huh, a bag. Gotcha. You yeah. almost got me and I then you got yourself. Turn it around. Yep. There we go. Uh, hey, guess what? We got prelims games coming up this weekend. Uh, one on Friday, February 2nd is prelims game number 12 hosted by Big Al Cappuccino at 1400 mm-hmm. UTC. We got a prelims game number 13 Saturday, February 3rd at 8 UTC. I need a streamer for this. Can we get a streamer? <laughs> I need a European person. Oh, uh, is this like a bad time? This, like- this is a 3 a.m. our time. Oh! Uh, uh, no, for the, uh, 2 a.m. our time. Listen, we need a Euro streamer. We used to have Jasper. I don't know where he is right now. He, but gave, we- he gave it up. He doesn't want to do it anymore, and I don't blame him. Uh, all the European streamers get asked to do too much because there's always only one at a time. So can I'm begging we get you. A, a no- can we get like two? Yeah. Give I know Imson wants to. I know Imson's talking about it, but Imson can't do this weekend. So <sighs> everybody... Please, 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 please. I need a Euro streamer. Come try it out. Come try it out for the first Give time. Give it a shot. I don't care how you do. I just need you to get a VOD of the thing. Uh, or if you're in the game, uh, maybe we end up asking you to just record it from your perspective and that becomes a VOD and maybe there's no stream. I don't know. This game has to happen, though. Uh, right. So we're going to do it with or without a streamer, unfortunately. Uh, it's the unlucky game number 13. I guess that's how it goes. Yeah. Uh, also, game number 14 is Sunday, February 4th at 1600 UCC, hosted by Humper Bomble Bomb. Me. I'm either going to be at Matt's house or at my house, depending on internet. <laughs> <This> internet thing. <laughs> uh, and there it won't there won't be a lot of, I mean, I won't have my green screen. I won't have uh-huh. really a lot of stuff that I need. You know what? I've not been, I don't do it so much. I don't, I'm not on camera that much anymore for tournament games. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of relish in the, daddy's got to pick his nose. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah dude i love picking my nose on stream well you don't pick your nose in front of, listen on we camera? all we're all nose pickers dude i i there is there is a clip on the space cast peace turtles twitch of me picking my nose somebody <laughs> clipped it and got you yeah dude you. but i dude i mean like okay so first of all like it was really dry in new york so like i just my stuff would be dry up there you know what i'm talking about and then sometimes you just gotta go fish you know uh-huh, gotta go fishing hey we um, gotta before uh, we do a jenna face sure. i just want to get homebrewers guild sure, out of the way, way so we can end on agenda we should start doing that more often so homebrewers guild um everything well so the so we have made some progress i don't remember where we were at last week but special thanks again to uh kako topos um we we got it done we got the lazx ready to go i just need to pop it into the mod and then i need to get players together so that i can play the final game Mm. i was hoping it was going to happen this weekend yeah and it's just too up in the air. It, the it might. I might be able to last minute pull it out. Yeah. Although EJ does need me to like help him out with a hockey game. Yeah, and fun. I want to be able to help yeah. him out. We got to help our friends. So EJ. I don't know. I am. I'm trying to get us back on track. But obviously things have been just kind of thrown yeah. up. Um, and hopefully next week I will be able to give you a 100% solid thing. However, if you are in the Homebrewers Guild, maybe just check. Uh, just keep an eye on the channel because yeah. I might. I might throw a curveball at everybody and just be like, all right, we got the t- we there's an opening. Yeah. Let's do it's it. Wednesday. Let's make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Um, okay. Hey, we got an agenda face. Phil Roy asks, what do you miss from TI4 
pre-POK. Interesting. What do we miss from Twilight Imperium 4th Edition from before Prophecy of Kings was released? And you know what? I'll go one step further. Before any codices, too. We had Codex 1 sure. released before. Sure. So before anything was ever Before added, new stuff. Yeah. Base game. Uh, not Nothing. a lot. <laughs> not a lot. Uh, I think base game was... It was... You know, it's that kind of thing of like we were sort of talking about it earlier in this episode. Um, we are now spoiled brats. Yeah. Uh, but and TI4 when it came out was mind blowing. It was such an improvement on mm -hmm. where TI3 was. Mm -hmm. But there were a lot of downsides. The game took longer. The game went longer. Yeah. We regularly would be hitting like round six. We yeah. would maybe go well, to round, round six was the average and you sure. would get round seven. That's honestly, that's what I miss. The problem. Well, here's the thing is. I miss it, but also like round one was like 20 minutes. Round one was like 15 minutes sometimes because sure. round one did not have exploration. There was like only a bunch of the factions didn't have the tools to even take a second system. <laughs> like right. a lot of people were one carrier and that's it, bud. Sorry. Right. right. Um, so round ones were lightning fast a lot of the time and you'd see around six for sure, sometimes around seven, which felt better in the tempo equations of like how stage twos can become relevant right i am so sick of seeing a single stage two every single game and it's just like a huge one out of 20 well gamble. stage twos are busted and stage we've talked about this busted, so many times but they didn't feel the as busted in base game right and they POK were not. made them even more busted yeah. because round five is when people win games so the problem is you can't have both because now the rounds are longer so a round six average would be just such a huge game like it's just a scary idea that we might ever return to that so i don't know that i want that but it's like also tech would be slightly more developed that's not an argument i want to stand on we added yeah. a lot of new ways to gain tech so yeah, but I, yeah think, I miss around six being in a normal time frame i think tech was drier in base game i'll say this there was two a, tech and two colors was such a debilitating yeah, you had to think about that all uh, the time it was every game it was a huge aspect of all of our strategy guides yeah. was talking about two tech and two colors had and to now, have a path yeah. to it I mean, the, the likelihood of it coming up was quite high. Yes. I mean, if it, what was it, 10 stage it ones? Was, it was one out of 10 and the upgrade, I mean, two out of 10 was tech objectives. Right. And it was because, and, and you were going to see five every game. You would yeah. see half the objectives. Yeah. It was too high of a chance. That, that was, that was lame. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot better now. Um, I will, here's something that I like. I felt like, and this is an opinion, and I think there's probably a lot of people that are very excited to disagree with me on this one. I think in base game, the sort of tier list of like how good these factions stack up against each other. They were obviously not balanced. Mm -hmm. They've never been balanced. Yeah. I think that it was kind of more clear mm -hmm. how the factions stacked up against each other, yeah. which factions were the best and right. why. Yeah. And it didn't feel very fuzzy. Right. Since POK, to me, it's felt like there was a kind of great shift yeah. upwards. Everything's Where great. now everything's good. Yeah. And there are, it's more like the opposite where we can sort of all agree on what's bad yeah. instead of all being able to agree on what's good. Yeah. Now, I think there's been a challenge for us when it comes to tournament stuff that I feel like if we'd stayed in base game would have gotten really wild yeah. because in base game, we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, like kind of roughly the top five right. factions. Yeah. And so because of that, because we play with six players, right? Yeah. I feel like the way we were able to to build the drafts was based off this very kind of fatalist, yeah. like if you get a good faction, you're in trouble, yeah. buddy, and you're gonna get hurt by the rest of right. it. But once POK came out, I feel like the drafts naturally just had to like kind of lose that yeah. aspect of it. You know, 
that's what what I miss is the pre multi draft era. Multi draft is great. It, it's a it's a great tool. It makes it makes the draft right like a clean good thing. But I miss pre made maps mm-hmm. big time, mm-hmm. and I miss. It was ugly and confusing to come up with a way a draft could work because the system didn't reinforce it. Yeah. So it was a fun game. Like the reason Hunter and I have leaned so much on multi-draft is it's like nothing we can come up with these days has any value to it. But in in base game, you had to like you you needed to fix this. It was kind of busted in how you would need to start the game. And now we just have multi-draft and it works great. But I do. I miss the bygone era of especially a pre-made map and then like a draft to to fit with that, like a way to pick the factions that could then be slant, you know, put into a pre-made map. Yeah. Another thing I miss was like and this this isn't necessarily just base game. This is also like the base game era yeah. was and and I might be projecting this like I'm sure there are a lot of people who are like really smart or whatever and they <laughs> didn't experience this because they're so smart. They're like from Europe or whatever. <laughs> but the times where trade was like not really like yeah. figured out where oh, it was man. just kind of this wild country of like mm-hmm. we've been given this new system of like commodities. These are not like trade agreements. Yeah. We could really get granular yep. with these and uh, no, not actually. Yeah. We're not actually going to get grain. And this is not a criticism, by the way. Yeah. I do not there. If I stand for this, if, that, if I stand for anything in Twilight Imperium, it is that we should not be making the game take longer for no reason. Right. If there is a shortcut and it works for everybody, let's use it. You know what really did it? What what happened to trade? Because it, it was just like we were dumber in base game, mm-hmm. but also exploration and especially industrial explorers put all these extra commodities out there that were less clean to deal with than trade. Trade shenanigans in base game were still a little bit of a thing and we'd still kind of complain about it in the commentary, but like that was the only instance of it. But when these industrial explorers came out, suddenly people are all the time like, I got two stragglers here. I just got a thing. <laughs> and, and and we turned into this meta of, yeah. oh, I'll just wash it. Whatever. Like, right. what are we supposed to do about one commodity? Let's just, right. let's just fix it. And then that took hold of all of trade where it's just like, let's just fix it. And right. then we like discovered a hard and fast X minus one. X minus one was talked about before, but it became like the law of the land. Right. Because POK was just like, there's too many times random people are getting replenished and we should just let's just move the money around and just not right because we can't have this debate every time someone flips abandoned warehouses i can't do this every single time someone gets local fabricators well it's not even just that it's like there's like this thing in my head it's like you if you just play fast and loose or well i wouldn't say fast and loose fast and specific kind of doing the house rules of trade um like washing for free for example what you're also saying is I'm not going to leave it open for you to try and extract little bits of value from players that maybe don't know any better. So if I give away things for free, like washing or whatever, I basically say, you know how you were going to try and charge for that? You don't get to you now. Just can't you like just can't make extra money on dumb stuff. <laughs> so it's just kind of like I. That's why I feel like it's also like backed up by strategy. Yeah. Because it's not in my interest to let the player on the other side right. make a buck yeah. that they didn't get randomly. Absolutely. Now I will say I do feel differently about this if we're talking about a player whose tempo is already well established. <laughs> if Sar is in round four yeah. and gets abandoned warehouses suddenly, tough luck, tough bud. luck. And I say we all should stand with it yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. but you know and that's not going to hold either if somebody is going to split it with them or whatever right but that may as well be you if somebody's going to do that yeah. this is the problem with trade is that 
we are it's a it's a community yeah. of six right so everything is going to get driven to what it, it's a race to the bottom right it's a race right. to who can give the cheapest price on making yeah. this like service well, round happen. one you think you really need it and then round five you realize you don't need any of this crap and it's yeah. just laying around and so then my favorite is people coming around like who wants my trade agreement in round four and everyone's like give me a break brother i don't know what you're that's even a, talking about that's a thing i i want to start bringing that up more and more because that that's like a, a thing i've noticed that new players will do is a, and and they're not what sucks about it here's something i've noticed happen that i like feel like I want to kind of help fix in the community is like a newer player will be like, oh, what about my TA? And then the player they offer it to react like, what do you think I'm an idiot? And yeah. they get like heat for Everyone? it. It's like, dude, I think they thought Man. it was worth it. Hey, community, <laughs> we all think someone's trying to accuse us of being the dumbest in the room. And trust me, I'm top of the list of people that do this. Yeah, dude. Just because someone gives a little offhand comment about your game doesn't mean they're criticizing your entire brain right uh, and and that goes both directions and maybe we all need to chill a little bit on like no i i know that no i know that rule excuse me uh i knew that rule i uh, you can't call me on it because i know it and mm -hmm. uh we're obsessed <laughs> we're obsessed with not being the dumbest person in the room and maybe it's okay to be the dumbest person in the room that's why rwise is the best player because rwise will be like i'm the dumbest player in the room and you can't get me on anything <laughs> yeah dude yeah yeah last game i played was last game in new york city i played with uh, yeah. with rwise and it was uh it was a good time yep. and RYs won. Yeah. See, and not the dumbest actually, <laughs> but they'll play like they're the dumbest. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's funny when RYs wins because at some point in that game, if we are playing together, RYs has somehow, whether it's verbally or just with his eyes, communicated <laughs> to me that he's not really paying attention to what's going on right now. And that's funny that a player can actually sort of take their hand off the ball regularly yeah. and then put their hand back on the ball yeah, yeah. and like dunk it you know like <laughs> that's cool thank you for listening to space cats peace turtles and thanks to ben prunty for the use of his music you can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com pax magnifica bellum gloriosum <laughs>